Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today is Ms. Zandile Majorzi from the Encarta Freedom Party, who is a member of parliament and serves on the Portfolio Committee of Communications as well as Police. Welcome to the show, Ms. Majorzi. Uh, good morning, good morning, Dr. And good morning to the, to the listeners as well. Ms. Majorzi, starting at, at the beginning, because this is one of the conversations we regularly have about profiling prominent female parliamentarians from different political parties. The Encarta Freedom Party is a very well-established political party, and it exists as its core purpose to serve the people of South Africa and to do so in the spirit of Ubuntu Boto. Please, can you tell us a little bit more about the party as well as the composition of, of women in its structures? Um, um, thank you, thank you, Doctor. As you have said before, that um, we are a well-established party, and we have been in existence for 46 years. It was uh, established in 1975, and uh, ever since it has had uh, women in in the structures. Because our then president, who is now the president emeritus, Doctor Mangosutu Tlezi, believed that um, in each and every movement that women should be represented because women were a majority, but also our voice should be heard because we've got issues as well that we want to raise and and how we would want to live our lives and how do we want to develop ourselves. So the IFP has been that organization that develops women and in its structures, there is no structure that uh, does not have have a representative of a woman and um, ever since its existence, it has had uh, three brigades. Uh, the IFP has one membership, but then as a woman, I joined um, the IFP. I was very young. I think I was 18. I joined with um, one membership, but I belonged in different structures. I belonged in the main structure as the whole membership of the IFP, but also I belonged in the women's brigade because I am a woman. And also I belonged in the youth brigade because I mean, I was, I was a young person then. <laughs> now I'm 36, I'm old. I don't belong in the, in the youth brigade anymore. So yeah, that is the composition of the IFP. And I'm also part of the National Council, which is the highest decision-making body of the IFP between conferences. And we've got the National Executive Committee of the IFP, which is the top seven. Also, there's a chairperson of the Women's Brigade and the secretary of the, of the Women's Brigade. They sit as well in the National Executive Committee so that they can draw all issues of women in the party. And going downwards in provinces and so forth, I am the deputy chairperson of the Gauteng province in the main structure. Well, thank you so much for expanding on all of the different structures and how you have formed such an integral part of those different layers. You said that you came into the party at 18. That's a tender age. Please tell us about your journey into politics. You, my journey into politics. Um, Firstly, I'm I'm a Soweto girl. Yeah, I come from White City. 
uh, when I joined, uh, it was um, my grandfather is an IFP. And then he used to take me to the rallies and all the events that the IFP would, would host in, in, in Soweto and in Johannesburg. And at that time, I think I was 12, uh, 13. And every year, whenever there's a, an event, he would uh, take me there. And then I, I then made a decision. Out of all political parties in Soweto and in Johannesburg, I made a decision that, no, the IFP is the party that speaks to me. Its policies speaks to what I believe in as a young person, as a woman as well, and as a person who would love to live in a society that is uh, safe and, and people would want uh, to have a community that would support one another. I took up my membership. I was doing grade 12 in Maurice Isaacson. I was the first one to open the Sadesmo in the Morris Isaacson High School in Soweto to have the student movement of the IFP. And then we had a branch in White City where I was the chairperson of the youth brigade as well. It started there. I joined because I, I, I loved being in the IFP. I just loved um, going to rallies, listening to the president, listening to leaders speak and uh, getting the, the speeches and being able to outlay how then do we do things in the IFP. So, um, yeah, it, it continued for some time up until um, they saw that there's a potential in me. And um, then I was, um, I was also elected to be the deputy secretary of the district in the youth brigade city of Johannesburg. And after that, um, I moved to the province. I then moved to the national to become the deputy chairperson of the youth brigade, uh, serving with um, Kulego Shengwa, uh, who was the chairperson then. After that, that's when I moved to coming back to Gauteng, serving in the structure as the deputy chairperson as well. I think this position loves me. Yeah, as the deputy chairperson of the main structure of Gauteng province, yeah. And uh, now I'm a member of the National uh, Assembly, serving in the portfolios that uh, we have mentioned before. And also recently I've been elected to be a board member in the Parliamentary Institute to legislate and develop uh, staff and, um, and all parliamentarians in, in the national parliament. So yeah, being in the IFP, is a, it's a great um, exposure and opportunity to be one of the women that the IFP is grooming and developing to becoming what I am today. Thanks for walking us through some aspects of your journey. A question that I wanted to ask you now is, how do you think we can encourage more women to get into the political space? Because you've walked through these structures, you've experienced the, the different dynamics, and you know how things are on the coalface. Firstly, I think um, what we need to do as a communities and societies is accepting that um, we are women who are all built as human beings. And we must not take this thing as a as a gender thing that no women belong in these um, structures, women do not belong in politics or women do not belong in the hard labor. As a society, once we learn that these are the things that we need to do, I think we will do better because uh, there is no uh, mechanism that uh, you would want to use for people not to join the organization, but organizations are there to be joined by human beings. A membership is there to be joined, to be taken by everyone who believes in that certain organization. So what I would want to encourage women on is 
they must always participate in the community's programs, in uh, societies, in everything that is there. Women must be there. Charlotte Macaigue, all these women who were there in the struggles, who fought to see South Africa where it is today, we must not then let go of that struggle. We must continue on that note as women, and we must uh, make sure that our voice is heard. Um, I think uh, also the fact that men are, are intimidated by strong women. Men are intimidated by women who voice out all the issues that they want uh, the societies to solve. So as women, we must make sure that we gather together. What we also need to do is support one another. Because there's one thing that we, we lack as women is supporting one another. One, when one is growing and developing and getting a, a position somewhere, we must be able to celebrate that as women only. Let us not for, uh, forget about everything else, but we must be able to celebrate that. If we are able to embrace ourselves as women first, it will be easier even for the society to say, no, but we must embrace everyone in the society because there's a perception that women must live in this way. And there's a perception that this is how we must handle ourselves and do things. Where else we've got uh, maybe different generations, they, they grow uh, differently. So you cannot expect that a generation that was doing things in 1975 or 76, uh, it will be the same in 2021. It's different. You see how our kids are. They are technologically advanced. They have everything that they need. That it was not there before. So once we are able to bring that to our own societies and communities, I think it will be also be easier uh, for women to be able to adjust and see that they've got a role to play and a big one because we are a majority, by the way. And um, if we stand together, we'll be able to, to solve all the issues that we have. That is what I would want to say because um, there's, there's no mechanism that you would want uh, women to use in order for them to get into politics but uh, you would want um, them to be involved in everything that is happening within their societies. Very well said. I particularly like your expression of the fact that women need to be involved. It doesn't matter how small a role that people play, but it's about the responsibility that we provide to ourselves, to our communities, and to society at large. And then the fact where you spoke about the issue that we live in a multi-generational society, the world of 1976 is not the world of 2022. True, true. I mean, um, what women used to do then <laughs> is not what women would like to do now. Back then, women would stay at home, raise kids, and make sure that um, their husbands are taken care of. And at that time, they would not even express the abuse that they would get at home. And um, you would want, they would want to keep everything as a secret in their own homes. And now it is different. Women are out there. Women are CEOs of companies. We, we, then we must not shower, shy away from that. We must, we must embrace it. It must be within us that we are human beings as well. We were provided life to be able to be here in this world and leave a mark once you leave. So it's changing from time to time. Once the society then adapts to that, women have a big role to play in all aspects, not in only certain aspects, but in all aspects of the society, then we'll be able to have a better future and, and, and release some of these things. Because sometimes it's us who allow men 
to take advantage of everything because it is us that would propose these names of men to be in these high positions instead of proposing another woman because now we are afraid that if this one gets there so once we adapt to that we will be a better uh, society and a better country to to live with uh, women emancipation I can hear and see and feel your passion about women. It's coming through so, so strongly. Hi, I'm Zonke Digana, a South African Afro-soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're talking to Ms. Zandile Majorzi from the Encarta Freedom Party, who is a member of parliament that serves on the portfolio committees of communication as well as police. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Thinking about the way that the world is changing and the fact that we can have multidimensional lives, women can be mothers, women can work, women can achieve political office, women can be CEOs of leading organizations, and their participation in the labor force has important contributions, but there are still inequalities that remain between women and men where women are adversely affected whether it's aspects of unequal pay or working in lower ranking roles or underrepresentation at at the top echelons of management in your opinion what types of interventions could be put in place to remedy and, and fix inequality in the workplace that is a it's a, it's a big challenge uh, doctor and i think we are faced with many challenges if it's not um one must, is expected to be married one is expected to be a mother it doesn't matter whether you you would want to have kids or not but once you are married then you, you must have kids and um you must able to take care of your family at the same time you at, at the workplace in 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 the workplace uh, what what annoys the most and what what is it that i always voice out is that why is it when men are proposed into a position they are not asked about their capabilities but once a woman is proposed to a position then the question comes is that woman capable can she be able to take care of that office why is it when men do things they are not asked about anything of that sort but we as women we must answer about the capabilities that we have but when we take care of our homes we are not asked about capabilities that we have because it's something that is expected that it, it, it must happen so um i think uh, we we need um to have um a voice in these women's structures that we have within our government and to get into the labor force and say i cannot be earning a lower amount of money but doing the same job as the other person would be doing so the structures must be of that note structures must 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 have that um, terms of reference 
or a way of making sure that these are the objectives of the structures. We want to see structures in these organizations. We want to see structures in these companies. How, how much is this woman getting being a CFO? And how much is that man getting being, being a CFO? It must not be that uh, because that one has been there for several years or what, and uh, maybe they'd be, they've been getting that. But if we're doing the same job, and maybe women are doing even more of that job, then why is it that they end less? And also uh, deal with the issue of when we have to get positions, uh, it's either we must uh, sleep with certain men first to be able to be uh, put in that position. Those are the issues that we should be looking at in the structures that are there in government to make sure that we enforce, that we strengthen our voice within those structures and uh, make sure that our voice is heard because once we cannot fight for us, no one is going to do that. Us as women, we must be able to do that. We must be able to say, this is wrong. This should not be happening. And we'd want to see progress in this duration of time. And if this does not happen, then we stand up and we make sure that we fight such things. Because in the labor force, there, there are many dynamics that are there. There are many challenges that are faced by women. You've spoken about aspects of organizations putting into effect appropriate structures to try to correct things and make sure that things happen the right way so that women and men are judged equally according to competence. And it's not a case of um, doing favors and how things are manipulated to get into the top structures. But what do you think women can do on a, let's say, on a, on a more practical level to ensure that their voices are heard and the change does happen? Practically, we must involve ourselves in every organization and every structure so that our, vi- our voice will be heard. And I mean, the Portfolio Committee on Communications, we've had um, a different um, interviews of boards and um, we said uh, we are not going to shortlist any candidates if there are no women representatives in those uh, uh, shortlistings. And we were not saying we want to, to put women in them, but we want to see each and every representative being part of that. Inequality uh, is something that we must deal with as women. So in each and every board that we've set in, in the MTTA board, in the ICASA board, we made sure that these are the things that we want to see. Even in the police uh, department, I mean, um, we held the critical infrastructure board. That's what we said as well. We want to see 50-50 representation of women because we want these women who are there. Because it's not like women are not in these industries. Women, they are there. But the problem is that the opportunities are not given to them. But once we get into these positions as, as political women, who are in politics, once we get into this position, it's us who must voice out these things so that they become practical. And that is what had happened exactly. In the MTTA, we had had shortlisted women. And I remember well that even in the recommendations, it was a 70% representation of women and 30% of um, other things and also looking at uh, race and stuff. And also in each and every board that I've sit in, uh, it's, it's what I've, I've always uh, made sure that it happens. Even in the uh, critical infrastructure, it's what we did. Hey, there was an excellent woman there. And um, we made sure that she becomes number one as our first preference 
that she will become the chairperson of that board because that board must be led by her because we saw that the capabilities are there and everything, the skills and everything that is there. So why are women not given these opportunities? Then we must start now and give them that opportunities. We're still waiting then for the minister to make sure that uh, they do that. In the IFP, I mean, we, we always do that. I mean, we make sure that there's a woman representation, not only as councillors, but also in those high ranking positions. That is where we want them as well. But it's us. It's within us, in these organizations that we are in. We must make sure that we get in them, we represent in them, so that we are able to take care of all these issues that are then experienced by other women. What you're saying is so important in terms of this responsibility of being able to direct change. Because if you are able to be able to influence what happens within board structures across organizations, then people are going to see women in leadership, women at the top. Can you imagine what it's like for someone working in a company in a lower level position and going, I can get to that. There's a woman at the top there. Maybe that's the path I can take one day. You are correct, doctor. And I see. I think such programs as well, the one that we, you are hosting now, it's very important and it's very vital that we have these programs because these programs are the ones that are going to encourage women. Once they listen to this interview and hear that, in fact, there are opportunities, not that uh, there are no women who are able to support other women, but we are there. We are here to do exactly that because that's how we were taught. That's how I was taught in the organization that I must be able to support another woman and I must be able to say when I, I go up, I also take along other women, making sure that they also develop and they also get the skills that I've received as, as a young person. And if these women then are able to hear such programs all the time, and they will be encouraged that then they must go out and voice out because uh, you will find that they are cocooned in, in one place. There's no exposure out there that says go out and do your best because that's all what, that we're asking for. Go out there and do, do you, be you, do your best and um, make sure that your motto that, that pushes you in life, it's your principles that you live according to, to, to what you want. And once you become true to yourself, no one else will, will be able to say, no, but we don't believe in this one. They will always believe in you because you are bringing yourself. You are bringing what you have inside. And as women, we, we do have that skill. We do have that authority, in fact, that we are given by God, that we are providers and we are able to also take care of everything that, that uh, would come to us as an opportunity to grow. So, yeah, the, I, I, I like this program and I would want to see it growing more and more and having more sessions of such so that we we were able to expose women in these organizations and and also maybe talk about also opportunities that are there maybe next time maybe um we'll be talking about um not uh, women issues only but opportunities that women should be able to look out for so that they are able to see that these are the opportunities that are there for us and they should be involved in them. So yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with you. Well, that gives us an opportunity to have you back on the program to talk about those opportunities. 
Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. Today, we're talking to Ms. Zandile Majorzi from the Encarta Freedom Party, who is a member of parliament that serves on the portfolio committees of communication as well as police. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. There was one thing that you mentioned, and I, I raise this because it's such a, an important element that affects women in our society from a South African point of view and to a certain extent into the continent itself. And that concerns the issues of gender-based violence. I wondered, given your experiences, the work that you do, it is certainly a a scourge that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Do you have any views on on what we can do? Um, Gender-based violence is it's a serious pandemic. I think uh, it's a serious disease. I don't know. What is it that uh, we, we can call it with? Because preaching and um, seminars and, and dialogues, it's not helping, uh, which means then we must uh, find a different way of, of doing things. And um, we must then have a, a different way. That is why I said it, it all starts within our communities. Uh, once in a community, we are able to respect one another. Then it teaches even the younger ones how to grow. And I think it's something that we must even institute in our educational system. Pupils in these schools, they must be taught from grade one that this is how you must respect one another. Not uh, the other one saying you must respect this one, but the other one is not taught how to respect the other one. Because um, this thing of gender is a very serious issue. Once we are able to, to teach our kids at an early age that this is how You must respect another person. And also as a family values, what we believe in in the IFP, family values. How families grow and groom also young people within their families is very important. How you handle yourself as parents, it's very important grooming these um, girls and boys. Because now you can't groom a a 40-year-old and tell them that uh, this is how they should take care of a, of a woman, this is how they should take care of kids. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. So we must start with these ones, these younger ones who are growing now, who are going to be parents and who are going to be uh, mothers and, and, and fathers in the long run, that uh, you must be able to respect someone as a human being. Once we install that within our communities and in our educational system and also in our families, because we come back from different backgrounds, we come from um, single parents and you'll find that maybe this uh, woman was left with three kids and now they are angry as well. How do we take care of that anger? Because once we go to clinics, when a woman is pregnant, it must start from that session that you are pregnant and how is your pregnancy? What is happening within yourself? Do you have any stress? So that these women find counseling as well. So when they bring this newborn baby in in this world, they are not affected by the issues that they were affected with 
themselves. So we, once we, we, we were able to analyze that and, and bring that into perspective, I think we'll have a better society that we live in. It will also minimize uh, um, finish the schedule of uh, uh, gender-based violence because how we are dealing with it right now, it's not helping. Yes, they get arrested. Yes, they spend time in jail. But the fact of the matter is that that woman is dead. So it's a, it's a matter of a society. It's a matter of family values that we must bring back. Installing in our educational institution that this is what our kids should learn. They should learn how to love one another. They should learn how to respect one another. They should learn how to live with one another as young women and men. And how will then they be able to, to, to take care of themselves? I mean, what is happening now within the police, DNA, having a backlog, women are raped all the time. When you check on the background, you see that these people who are doing all these things, they are also disturbed somewhere in their growing up and so forth. But once we start there, I think that is where we we will be able to to finish the sketch of uh, gender-based violence. You've raised some really, really pertinent points there. This issue of socialization, the responsibility of society to one another, looking at the education system, because kids are at school all the time, that they are having the right values instilled in them. And the fact that we are perpetuating this vicious cycle. So if something bad or negative happened to one individual, she unknowingly or knowingly inflicts it upon the next generation and how one has to take this conscious effort and decision of saying no more. And that's how we're going to change society. Turning more towards uh, a personal perspective, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is about factors that you consider have contributed to your success. What, what you believe in uh, is what will, will push you to where you want to go. But most importantly, where you come from. I come from a very loving family. I'm, I lost my father when I was 13. And um, I still have memories of my father even today. He was a great dad. He made sure that I am always protected. I am always happy. The love that you receive at home is what will also push you to be in the community and to to play a role in the society. And also the support that you get from your family is what is going to push you. Then it gives you the courage to do so. The determination and also the involvement of other people within your life. Once you want to grow in life, you must not then close ranks within yourself, but you must open up so that people are able also to see what is it that you you, you bring on the table and so forth. So yes, um, uh, having faith, I'm a Christian and uh, I believe in God. So uh, the, those those structures, they build you. And what I was taught, I'm just adding on top of that, that then I bring my own speciality as a person. What is most important that drives me as a woman is seeing other women also develop. What drives me as a woman is making a difference within another person's life, seeing other young people getting opportunities because that's how we grow as people. So it, it, it satisfies me, it brings me that joy. Uh, once I take something on board, I make sure that I run with it. I make sure that I finish 
the cause because I want to see the outcomes of that project. So I think it's my motto of living in life that whatever that I take upon myself, I'll make sure that I do not fail in it, uh, but I proceed up until I see the outcome. So I don't believe in giving up. Determination, commitment, development, growth, compassion, recognizing individuals and helping them blossom are are all elements which really come through as contributing factors or let's say outcomes of the work and the way that you've invested into yourself. Earlier, you, you spoke about your grandfather taking you through to the rallies. Please, can you share some of the other pivotal moments in your life growing up that have helped shape you into the person you are today? Yeah, um, I've had an opportunity to to grow within the organization and I'm surrounded by very uh, strong men. And um, I, I do believe that I'm a strong woman myself. So whenever I'm within that ranks, they make sure that they groom me and they develop me and they listen to what we, we, we say. I would want um, women to get skills development. I want women to be workshopped, to have a voice and to, to be able to participate within the issues that are there and be able to voice out whatever it is that they would want to voice out. So growing up, um, I had a lot of men surrounding me. I had uncles, I had my grandfather. I mean, it was only my mother, me and my grandmother who were women there. So uh, when I come back from school, I'm taken care by my uncle. And um, he's the one who, he played the role also in grooming me, making sure that I become the woman I am today. So we must not then uh, shift a man away and say they don't play a role. And that is why I said, uh, we must not take this thing as a gender but we must take it as a human beings, that we live in these societies as human beings. It has been that, and even in the organization, I was surrounded by men. Mostly I was surrounded by men, not that women were not there, they were there. And, uh, but uh, these men also played a very important role in making sure that I become the woman that I am today. And even today, they are still there. Uh, whenever I would want advice, I would uh, call and say, this is something that I would want to do, but I don't know how to go about it. Then they would provide that um, advice to say, no, uh, this is how you should um, maybe handle this issue and so forth. And then I would bring in also my personality in it so that it becomes uh, what I want to see it. It's great to hear about this nurturing environment that you grew up in, the, the love and the care, and also the fact that these support structures you have are enduring that even now today that you can call upon family members to provide advice and uh, and support. Lastly, as we close out the call today and move into 2022, please would you share a few words of inspiration that you'd like to pass on to girls and women in Africa that are listening to the show? What I would advise uh, women on is that um, let's educate ourselves. Let's open up to empowerment. Uh, Let's take each and every opportunity that comes within our way to make sure that we grow in each and every aspect that we would want uh, to grow in. Let's involve ourselves in skills development. Let's involve ourselves in society's programs that are there. Let us be us. Most importantly, women, we must just be us. 
let us be asked, do what makes you feel happy at that present moment? Or do what you would see other women who are growing within the society and expose yourself to them, talk to them and say, how did you get here? Because that is how we are going to grow. And um, what, what I would like to say, to say to them is that, yeah, let us educate ourselves. Let us give ourselves an opportunity to grow within our societies and to make sure that our voices are heard all the time, because that is most important. And also do not live according to other people's perspectives but live according to what your principles are because that is what is going to guide you and that is what is going to take you forward as a woman. Those are such great words. Your authenticity in yourself, believing in your capability and who you are, but continuing to develop, continuing to grow and take responsibility for shaping and forming the society that you belong to. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Malka. Uh, it was very nice to be here and I enjoyed uh, having this conversation with you. I'm hoping that um, it will help um, one or two uh, women who would want to get into an organization or who is in a company and they are struggling within and they'll be able to have um, uh, channels that, uh, that they would want uh, us to have them in. And um, these programs are very important. I think we must have more of these ones and also maybe provide more opportunities for women to say these are the opportunities that are there. Let us grow in these sectors so that we are able to participate in, in, in the emancipation of women. Thank you very much. We share your sentiment. You have been listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Ms. Zandile Majorzi from the Encarta Freedom Party, who is a member of parliament serving on the portfolio committees of communication and police.